Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living.
Can we give them another hand? I don't know about y'all, but I felt them usher in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Woo! Ah, good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills. Only you back here. I'm going to give y'all another chance. Good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills. Good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am Reverend Kelly Kincaid, the senior minister here, which you all know, most of you all know. Um, or, um, and I am excited to be here to do the announcement, share the announcements with you all. We're happy to have you here, those in person and those of you who are watching through YouTube. And I'm going to, um, I do, I am really excited about the celebration for Roxanne's um, life. It was exciting. It was, it was, it was just amazing. It was amazing. And we weren't just packed. We were bursting, <laughs> bursting at the seams. I think we had about 250 people here. I think we had 250 people here. And so I want to thank all of you who were able to attend. And those of you who were not, but your hearts were here, you were here in spirit. And those of you who volunteered to help out, because we were working, y'all, although I wasn't. Sharon wouldn't let me work, so <laughs> I just stood up here and directed. <laughs> but those of you who helped to, uh, before, during, and after the celebration, I am so grateful for that, because you guys showed up and showed out. And then some of the guests were helping, too. You know, that's a testament of the servant's heart that Roxanne had. She was, she was, it was her dream to be a mom, but she was more than a mom. Amen? Amen. So the family is saying that if you'd like to make a contribution in Roxanne's name, that you may donate to Unity of Farmington Hills Building Fund at unityfh.com. You can do it personally if you want to, but make sure you designate in loving memory of Roxanne Berry to the uh, building fund, or you can send in your checks. And so I just wanted to share that with you as well. But thank you all for, for being here. It was amazing. It was more than, and the angel walk. We normally do an angel walk where the prayer chaplains do an aisle where the family walks through. Do you know uh, just about all of the guests were out there? The angel walk lasted all the way down to the driveway, y'all. So they got to, you guys got to experience so much love. You know, that's the love of God moving through Roxanne to give love to the family. And I love seeing that. Can we give Roxanne a hand, please? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And so join us today after service, if you're able to, for our fellowship gathering. This is a perfect time to enjoy some tasty treats, some refreshments, and to fellowship with each other and greet people who are visiting today. I, I want us to build a camaraderie even deeper. So if it's someone in this group that you know by their face, but you don't really know them, make it a point to go up and, and get to know them a little better. Amen? Amen. And then also, um, we are continuing our capital campaign. We're doubling the stakes, y'all. So we've already uh, raised up to $57,000 for our capital campaign. And so we only have about $43,000 to go. And we, we're moving uh, further because we want to try to make this church, we want to make this church handicapped accessible. That's what I'm saying. And then once we move to our bigger church, it will already be handicapped accessible. But while we're here, we want to do the best we can to do that. So, it, you know, we're doubling the stakes. <clears throat> our annual gong meditation is coming up. It'll be August 23rd. Um, at 7 p.m. It'll be in the sanctuary. It'll be in person only. And it, uh, this will be a deep 
sound therapy meditation with Christopher Davis. Last year when he came in here, it was echoing. Now we got these floors and the acoustics even more in here. Can you imagine how powerful it's going to be with those gong meditations then? So I invite you all to show up and come on and enjoy the experience. He these are designed to enhance relaxation, insight, and creativity. And I kind of left out <laughs> so high. It took me a minute to come down for it. Sharon in introduced me to it, and then I was hooked after that. Thank you, Sharon. Um, this meditation, like I said, is in-person only, and it's a $20 suggested love offering. I will be teaching a class on prosperity from Charles Fillmore's book, who's the co-founder of Unity, Prosperity. And I'm excited about this book because we're going to be studying and practicing prosperity principles from his perspective, from Charles Fillmore's perspective. So I'm inviting you all to uh, just stay abreast because I'll be sharing more information um, next week, I'll be sharing more information about that. We are excited to be doing our World Day of Prayer service on Wednesday, September 13th at 7 p.m. The theme for unity for this year is Heart of Healing. And so let's come together on September 13th at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. You can watch uh, through YouTube as well if you want um, to in reflection, meditation, and prayer for the world opening ourselves up to be a vibration of love, healing love, out into the world. And I'm excited about that. And I'm excited that I got some prayer chaplains who are going to be hosting that, you know, some sweet business. I, I got my dream of uh, prayer ministry, and Roxanne was one of the first prayer chaplains here. And I'm excited that we're continuing that, continuing to increase our ministry. Today, Sharon Lewis will be our prayer chaplain. She will be available to pray with you back in the corner where, where I call the patio, patio doors. And so I ask that we immediately uh, move on out so she can have a sacred place to pray. I love that picture of you, Sharon. That's a cute picture. Please visit us on unityfh.com. Check out our Facebook page or read through our newsletter. I try my best to get it out. I'm not as good as Matthew, but so have grace. If you don't get it on Friday, you get it on Saturday. But during the weekend, you'll get the newsletter <clears throat> until Faith can take it over. <laughs> um, what else? So that's, you can do that to stay abreast of, of our um, upcoming events. Um, so now, let us prepare as we hear the music team's beautiful voices singing Surely the Presence. Let's prepare our hearts and minds for the daily word and for our opening prayer and meditation. into the reading of the daily word, <clears throat> I invite you to close your eyes and just receive it. Breathe it in as I'm reading it for today. Sunday, July 30th, <clears throat> 2023. 
<clears throat> Today's saving word is wonder. I view my life through eyes of wonder. And our message reads, I feel inspired watching a young child discovering new things, eyes wide with awe and wonder. Even the smallest experiences, feeling the tickle of a butterfly on the skin or blowing the seeds of a dandelion are a marvel and a joy. I think of this when dis disappointing life experiences chip away at my sense of awe and appreciation. Today I let go of disillusionment and open my heart and my eyes to once again live in wonder. As I view life anew, I renew my belief in the goodness of people, in the goodness of life and of all people. I open myself to the unexpected treasures happening all around me each day. Wonder is a precious gift, one I use to appreciate the marvels unfolding before me. Our Bible verse for today comes from Acts chapter 3, verse 10. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let us pray. So I invite you to take a deep, a deep cleansing breath. Bring your attention down into the center of your chest, which we call the heart center. And just let everything go. Let your heart radiate a sense of love and peace. We'll pray from that space of love and peace. Mother, Father, everything, God, we surrender it all to you right now, knowing you are that only power, that only presence, that only activity that is active in our lives and in the universe, that you are God, the good, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. We know that we are one with you, so you know what's going on in our minds, our hearts, our bodies, and our lives. As we surrender it to you, we know you are perfecting those things, those persons, those situations, everything that concerns us. And we know that is happening right now. So with that in mind, we release it, we surrender it over to you. We thank you for the ways that you show us your amazing movement in our life and keep us in a sense of awe and wonder. We thank you for the knowing that it is those things that we cannot see that are so important. The feeling of love, the feeling of peace, the feeling of camaraderie, those feelings that we have in our heart towards you are greater than anything that can be seen. And we rely on that right now total trust, total faith in you to lead us in what is ours to do as you wonderfully do what is yours to do. And so as we release and let go, we just sit in a moment of peace just for a little bit. Knowing that you are all-powerful, 
everywhere present and all-knowing. And we just breathe in love and we release love through our exhale. Just let your body relax and know that all is well. And we thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love that loves and supports and keeps us no matter what. We lift this prayer, our hearts and our minds, and this meditation in the name and nature of the indwelling Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. And now let us affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let's go ahead and affirm our growth affirmation together, knowing that it is working. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world.
I love that song. You are amazing, God. Let's give him another hand, y'all. <clears throat> so, we started a study on the men who wrote the, the Gospels last week, and I want to continue that. Um, we talked about, actually it was two weeks ago that we started it, and last week we uh, finished the one on Matthew, and um, Matthew is one, was one of the actual di disciples of Jesus, and he spiritually represents the, the will, our freedom of choice, our freedom to choose, and that is your most powerful gift that you could ever have. We created in God's image and likeness, but we've been given the gift to live as if we know it or not to live in the likeness of God, in the creation of God, or not. And so we, um, this week, are going to talk about the next writer, uh, the, the writer of the next gospel, which is Mark. So the title of my talk is The Men Who Wrote the Gospel, I mean, who wrote, this should have said The Men Who Wrote the Gospels. I put The Men Who Wrote the Bible. It's supposed to be The Men Who Wrote the Gospels and Mark. Um, so <clears throat> as I was studying Mark, it was really interesting to... It's, it's really interesting to dig into these people and their lives and how similar they are to our lives because Mark is first shown in the book of Mark, the gospel according to Mark, in chapter uh, 14, verse 50, when Jesus is being arrested, when Judas comes and betrays Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Mark is shown there. He's not uh, described by name. But in verse 50 of chapter 14 of Mark, it says, Then all his disciples deserted him and ran away. One young man followed behind, uh, was following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and ran away naked. That was Mark. That people are, uh, scholars are um, attributing that young man that that is Mark. And Mark doesn't say it specifically in the gospel. He doesn't say that in the gospel. They didn't always say that. Like Matthew didn't say that he was the son of, of Alphaeus in his gospel, according to Matthew. But Mark did, was not actually, he, was, he followed Jesus and knew Jesus, but he became a disciple after Jesus passed away. And so when we study about Mark, as I was studying Mark, I, I found out that he was born in uh, Cyprene, which is uh, north in North, north Africa. And his name, he was born to, his father's name was Aristobulus, and he was a Greek man who was um, well off. He was a politician, and he was hobnobbing with those Romans who were in high places. And his mother, John, uh, Mark's mother, was, her name was Miriam. She was of the tribe of Levi, and she is named in the Bible. That You see her in the Bible where it says, John Mark's mother's house, or John Mark, Mary, John Mark's mother. That's the Mary who is in the Bible. And they say John Mark's mother, Mary, because Mark's father passed away along his life. So that's why they attribute it to saying John Mark's mother's house. Now, John, when he was born, he was born to his name was Jehox. I don't want to say Je his name was John. I was going to say, try to say it in Hebrew. I had it up until now when I got nervous. Um, Jehachnan. I said it. Jehachnan. And that means John. And that was the most popular Jewish name for a man at that time. And then he had a second name, which was Marcus. 
and Marcus was the most popular uh, Greek name at the time. He had another name that meant uh, stubby fingers, but I don't want to try to pronounce that word. So it gives you an idea of how his stature might have been if he had, he had short stubby fingers, because it also meant short fingers. But one of the things that we see as we study this is that Mark's family was rich. So they were born, he was born in Cyprus, but then they traveled to uh, Jerusalem where they had a home there and a home in Cana. And Cana, if you remember, was the home, was the city where Jesus did his first miracle. As a matter of fact, it is thought that maybe uh, Mark might have been there, and he was called John Mark, that he might have been there, and he might have been one of the servants who poured the water that turned into wine at the time. So he's all up in understanding, but he was younger at the time because when Jesus was in his 20s, he was a toddler. Another connection that I learned was that he was a cousin of Barnabas, uh, who was one of, uh, who was uh, with Paul and created Christianity in um, Antioch. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go along. But if, if you look at this life, Jesus was really popular then. And he lived not too far from John Mark. And John Mark's family became so involved, his mother and him, they became so involved in helping Jesus and living according to Jesus that they didn't, they, they, they made that more important than being rich. He had the opportunity to live a life where he could be just a rich man. But he gave it up to travel with Barnabas and Paul. And it's interesting because, let me go to Acts where it says it. In Acts chapter 12, verse 25, it says that he was with them. And he traveled with them. He was amazed at how they were. And on their first journey, their first spiritual journey, um, missionary journey, he went with them as their helper. So it's interesting to look at this because when you look at the gospel according to Mark, Jesus is attributed to be the servant. He is the servant of God. In Matthew, Jesus is considered the Messiah. And so in Mark, which was written for the Romans, he was considered to be the servant. And you can see it all up in here because of the way he, um, Mark keeps talking about all of the things Jesus is doing as a servant. But Mark himself was a servant as well. He was a servant at heart. But he had, there's a couple things that you see in here. When he goes to travel with uh, Barnabas and Paul and they go, to get, go up to where Pergamum is, he gets scared and runs away. Well, we, they don't know if he, there's no evidence that he was scared and ran away, but he left them. He deserted them. That's the second time he ran, though. The first time was when he was little, and he was around where Jesus was being arrested, and he runs then because he doesn't want to get caught up. He's nervous. And then he runs again when he goes on the mission, the first mission with Barnabas and Paul. But later on, when Paul, Barnabas and Paul go again, this is in chapter 13, Paul is saying, let's go up, it's chapter 13 of Acts, verse 36. He says, after some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord and see how the believers are doing. Barnabas, Barnabas agreed, and he asked to bring John Mark again. So he's showing faith in this young man. 
And how many times in our life have we stumbled and we've fallen, especially when we were young and thought we knew what we, you know, knew it, what we were supposed to be doing, you know, you know everything. But there was somebody in your life who had faith in you. And Barnabas was his cousin and had faith in him. He even had so much faith in him that he ended up having a dispute with Paul, and he and, Barn he and uh, Barnabas and took John Mark with him and went his way, and Paul went the other way. Because it says here in verse uh, 38, but Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had des deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them on their, tr on their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus, and then Paul takes Silas, another follower, and he goes his way. <clears throat> so we see that human part in Mark. We see that human part in ourselves. When we start off on a mission, we start off on something, we start off on what feels like our calling, but we get nervous and we back away. And I remember when I was reading this, I remembered back in 2007 to 2009 when I first got in, into ministerial school, how exciting it was for me. But then when I started going through the really, reallys of trying to use the principles and also thinking about, really, do I want to be a minister? I honestly thought that I didn't have it in me at that time to be a minister. And I was going through a lot in my second marriage, too. And I, it, was, it was just so much going on that I got caught up in that more than I was caught up in the spiritual principles that I was learning from unity. So I stopped. But it's interesting because Paul later on makes uh, somehow, it doesn't say how, but in Timothy, he's telling um, Timothy, who was one of his disciples, he's telling Timothy in, in ch uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, he's saying, bring Mark this is verse 11. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. He sees a passion in Mark. He sees a maturity in Mark that will help him along the way. My dad did that for me. My dad knew. And it's interesting because he named me Kelly I don't know that he knew I was going to be a minister then, but my name means the, the stubborn one, the warrior, bullheaded, which I was, but it also means monastery. Or Montessori, whatever, however you say that. And then my middle name, Catrice, means the noble one. And ever since I was little, I prayed with people. So when I found out what my name meant, I called myself the noble prayer warrior because prayer means so much to me. But my father was the one who always stood there and supported me and backed off. He didn't push me. Like Barnabas didn't push. Paul didn't push. But they saw, they saw maturity in, in um, Mark. And my dad saw maturity in me. And I'm saying that because it is a good idea for us to look back on our lives to those who trusted us, those who fed into us, those who were there and, and supported us along the way. Because God strategically put them there for a reason. Can you think of someone who really fed into you during your times where you felt like giving up or you were scared? And how they were there for you. You might have had a dream and you might have wanted to give up on your dream. But that person was there for you and supported you. Can you think of someone who was there for you? 
That person wasn't just there for you just because. God placed them there strategically for you to guide you along the way, to be there with whatever you needed in that moment. My father knew when to push and give a little nudge. He also knew when to set, step back a little bit and let me stand on my own two feet. And that's what I do with my children. And it's interesting because with my daughter, my son is a little bit more of a person that will go out there and keep it going. My daughter will go a little bit and then she'll get nervous like Mark. And then when she knows she can do it, she'll keep on going. That's how I was. Now I'm pushing through that and being it stronger. Where are you guys holding out and needing to go forward in your life? Like, think about it. Do you know what's next? Are you ready to do it? And if you aren't, what's stopping you? After Paul passes away, we read if you study Matthew, uh, uh, study Mark outside of the Bible where he was going through doubt. Peter steps in, and Peter was a direct disciple of, Je of Jesus. And he asked Paul to come with him and interpret for him because he's teaching the Gentiles, the Romans. Paul, another person, another disciple, could read and write. I mean, a Mark could read and write. So Mark wrote down verbatim what Peter was saying. So the gospel according to Mark came from Peter. And so what Mark is writing down, he's interpreting what Peter's told him. And it wasn't always in the right order. But he was always writing down and transcribing in the secretary and interpreter for Peter. Peter is your faith. Peter is that part inside of you that knows that it knows that it knows, has total faith and total trust in God. It's that part in you that's telling you to trust it even though you can't see it. Are you listening? Like for real, are you listening? You have those people who will support and encourage you, and encourage you, and then you'll have someone who come that has a strong faith that will hold that faith for you. And I remember sometimes, and there's been people who I, I pray with, I remember sometimes talking to Roxanne, and she'd be nervous, and she'd be scared. And I remember telling her, I got enough faith to hold it for you too. And then I talked to her again, and she says, I got it. And I remember the first time she called me about Teddy when Teddy was having issues, their little dog that passed away. And I said, you know what? God is always behind the scenes working. And something in that clicked with her. So that when I talked to her, she would always say, I know God's behind the scenes. Even when she was scared, she held on to that. Because in our weakness lies God's strength, but you got to affirm it in your life. And that's what she did. I know God's working behind the scenes. So even in the moments, she had people. She had her family. She had people. This church was packed with people. And Michael can attest to you that many, 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 many people kept calling and talking to him and asking him, what can we do? Can we do something? Do you need something? Do you, I mean, over and over and over again. Support is always there. But you got to be the person you're meant to be in order to step into it. And even in your weak moments, you got to call it out. She called it out. God is working behind the scenes. And the person or the people or the circumstances will change to step into what you need. Even to your last breath. 
even to your last breath. Mark was led by, was asked by Peter to go to Alexandria and create a church there. He is now stepping in his power. As I said, his name, John Mark. John represents love, metaphysically. It represents love. It also represents grace of God. Mark represents the shining brilliance in you. But it also represents your zeal that pushes you forward. So when you walk forward, when you get pushed forward in the, in the power of love, wherever you go, your light shines as a big heart. Whatever your passion is, you do it from the experience and the oneness of God. And even when you get nervous, that passion is still inside of you, driving you forward. I know some of you have a passion inside of you that's driving you forward. I can feel it. And it's time for you to go ahead and trust and have faith that that God inside of you, that oneness, that love inside of you will direct you right into the perfect place and the perfect opportunity with the perfect people there to support you to do it. And so Mark, he, I told you he did it to his last breath. He, when he was in Alexandria, he had pulled so many people, so many pagans, so many people who were um, worshiping idols into the presence of God and learning about Jesus and learning about Christianity that the pagans, you know, when, the, in the, when Jesus, you read about Jesus, how the scribes and the Pharisees were following, trying to trip him up. Well, they had people doing that too in Alexandria. To the point where they got so angry with him on so many people who he was converting. They tied him up by the ankles and dragged him through the streets behind a horse. And on his last breath, in that passion, he was still having total trust and total faith in God. His last breath. John, Mark, love and zeal working together in faith. In your life, God has been there with you every single step of the way. Whether you've been aware of it or not. And right now, God is right there with you. And it's time for us to move into a deeper expression of the passion of what we're here to do. That there's no mistake in what your calling is because you're passionately expressing it. He let go of all the riches that he had in the physical world to store up his treasures in the spiritual world. And so did his mother. The Marys that they talk about in the Bible, his mother is one of the Marys. She was from the tribe of the Levites, which represents the, the tribe that serves God. But you don't have to be born from the Levites to serve God. As a matter of fact, you're created in the image and likeness of God, which means that your greatest gift is to choose to serve God. Do you get that? I challenge us all to look deep inside, beyond what your career is. That is fleeting and can leave you. Where inside of you are you meant to express that which you cannot see, which is that passion of what you're created to be? That everyone, that when they see you, it shines so brightly in you. You don't have to say a word. 
It's there. Seek it inside of yourself. And even if you have those moments of weakness, keep trying. Try, try again. Not like what the, I, I got, Howard had me take a picture of this mug that said, if at first you don't, it, I liked it, but he didn't. If at first you don't succeed, ask your wife. <laughs> I say, <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, keep trying. You know it says try, try again, right? But don't just try, try again. Seek what you're meant to be doing in the way you're meant to be doing, and then try according to that guidance by God. Does that make sense to everyone? Yes. Gently close your eyes and take a deep breath. Put your hand over your heart. Take a deep breath again. Feel that heart beating right inside of you. That's the passion of God beating you, beating in and through you. That's the presence of God urging you forward into a deeper expression of passion in the presence of God, passion in the experience of love. And if you can't figure out what it is that you're meant to do, as your heart is pumping, just know that Jesus has already shown us one thing to do, that we are to love our neighbors as Jesus loved us. And that is through the presence and the love and the expression of God. Take a deep breath again. I am the love of God. Together, I am the love of God. God's passionate love flows through me. God's passionate love flows through me. I am guided forward by the zeal of God. I am guided forward by the zeal of God. Take another deep breath and ask, what is mine to do? And even if you don't hear it in this moment, keep that question alive in your heart, alive in your mind, so you can be guided forward. And just keep your eyes closed so I can pray over you. Mother, Father, everything God, I thank you so much for the expression of your purpose in each and every one of us, in the unique way that you created each and every one of us to be. As my father says, God, from the beginning of time to the end of time, I know that there will only be one of each one of us. And so I thank you for guiding us into being the greatest expression of who you, who you created us to be. Show us what is ours to do. And in those moments we get nervous, bring someone into our life to help encourage and motivate us to go forward. Increase our faith and our awareness in you that we be your presence more deeply in the unique way you created us to be. I lift this prayer in the name and the nature of the indwelling Christ who, the, that who came in a full expression of who, that, him who was called Jesus, our follower and our big brother. Jesus, I thank you for your expression. We are challenged to follow your example. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. So that's your challenge to, see, uh, to um, step into what you're meant to be more passionately. And even when you have the nervous moments, let them fade away. I did not give up. Maybe years later, but I was guided back, and I followed that guidance back. And I promise you, it feels so good to be stepping into my purpose. But I have more work to do.
And I'm committed to doing that work with you all as a church, together, stepping forward. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Have a good day. I was about to say have a good day, but it's not. <laughs> All right, this next song, it talks about the times in life, uh, and it happens when we feel stuck. In our lives, we've all had experience in, the, in life where we're just trying to fit in somewhere. Uh, but when we focus on having a greater relationship with God, like Mark wanted to, the rest of our lives will fall into place. We don't always get that, and that's what this song is all about.
crawl up under my chair now and hide. I apologize. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Wasn't that perfect? So keep your eyes open for things like that because there are always going to be the meaningful coincidences that let you know that God is there showing you you are on the right path, that I didn't know what I was going to say and I didn't know what you guys were going to sing, but it all came together. Sharon said, that's that one mind, that one presence. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and um, bring to mind what you feel led to give for your love offering for today. Take a deep breath, gently close your eyes, and just feel the presence of God radiating in you in prosperity and abundance and the infinite presence of all good things. And let's go ahead and affirm our, our love offering blessing. We're going to do it. Is this the new one, Howard? It's the new one. We're going to do this new one. Together, divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's stand up. No, wait, wait. We're not going to stand up yet. Those of you who had birthdays in July can stand up. You got your birthdays in July. Ah, it's only three of us here. So me, Mary, and Laurel. Okay. Well, we're going to sing happy birthday to us. <laughs> Ready? Day to us. No, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, you are wonderful. Happy birthday to you. And many more. Okay, now we can stand up and do our prayer for protection. I love having Virgos in my life. Howard was like, Oh, you going to do the, the uh, birthday? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I want to celebrate myself. <laughs> so let's go ahead. We're going to do our prayer for protection. Do it as if you know that what you're saying and affirming is the truth about you and everyone else. Amen? Amen. Okay, together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Now our peace song.
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.